I'll be reading Jeremiah 18, verses 1 through 6, and it reads, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The word of God for the people of God. Let us say thanks be to God. I have read Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6, and if I could share a thought with you this morning, it would be to remind you that we are in good hands. We are in good hands. Let us pray. Father God, we just come to you this morning with a heart full of thanks and a mouth full of praise. God, that you watched over us last night and it wasn't our last night. Oh God, that you woke us up this morning, letting us know just how much you love us, oh God. And Lord, I ask right now, as I prepare to share a word from you, that you will remove me, God, hide me, get me out of the way. I pray that you and all of your glory will shine through upon your people, oh God, that everyone under the sound of my voice who may have went to bed with a concern or woke up with a concern this morning knows fully and wholeheartedly that you can handle it all. So God, we give you this glory and we give you this opportunity, God, just to shine in our lives, shine through our hearts, oh God. Let us feel your presence right now in the name of Jesus, and we will give you all the glory, honor, and the praise. This is my prayer in Jesus' name, amen. We are in good hands. Um, the prophet Jeremiah, in this particular uh, part of the text, he was given a visual message from the Lord. Um, he was told to go somewhere and then he will be exposed to what God wanted to show him. And in this, in this time that this passage was ongoing, it basically was letting us know that God saw his people in a spiritual condition that he was not pleased with. Um, it was in the time of Israel where they were doing a lot of things they shouldn't be doing. They were uh, going about their business as if they didn't serve an almighty God. And God raised up various prophets throughout the Bible. And in this text, Jeremiah was the one. And so he told Jeremiah to go and to look through the window of this potter's house who was never given a name. And he was shown the man working with the clay in his hand at the wheel. So again, the people had turned away from God. Um, they were engaging in idolatry and injustice and disobedience and all the things that if we took a moment and just look left to right in the world we live today, it's what we are going through right now. Amen. It is what we are dealing with right now. And I know sometimes it may get hard to keep seeing the, the news and the current events that's going on 
in just what we are allowed to see. And I don't know if anybody knew this this morning, but do you know that there's a lot more going on beyond what our eyes can see? But there is a pair of eyes that looks high, that sits high and looks low and can see it all. So if we are just a, a set of eyes that can only see what we are allowed to see. Imagine what our father sees. Imagine what he has to take in from his creation. As we read about it in the Bible, we realize it is still relevant today. And I'm so grateful that God's eyes is better than anybody's 2020 vision because, hey, he could look at me and see my mess and he could still look at me and find a way to have me be blessed. He can find a way to help clean me up because I know my brothers and sisters, I am in good hands and so are you. So even though we are looking around at the world today and sometimes it can be depressing, when God took me to this text, it it, it just made my soul leap knowing how good of a God we serve. So as Jeremiah is sitting there I just imagine him looking through the window, watching this man working at the wheel, shaping up this vessel from clay. And then the text tells us that as the potter was working, the, the, the clay became marred, flawed. It, it wasn't quite how it should have turned out. And at this point, what he could have done was throw it away and start over with a fresh clod of clay. He could have tossed it to the floor. He could have said, you are no longer usable. I need to start fresh. But instead, he took the time to reshape it and remold it and try to recreate the masterpiece he was working on. And he did it until it was satisfying to him. And I don't know who else is on this line that that spoke to, because maybe sometime in life, maybe throughout this journey that we on, maybe as you was living your life when you was in the world, but now you are of the world, maybe you look back and wonder how in the world would God still keep a sinner like me? How in the world would God still find a reason to use me of all the things I've done, things that are known and remain unknown, things I did in public and things I did in private? Why would God look upon me and ever bless me? Because I know I've done some wrong. I know there's some things I'm still ashamed of. I've asked for forgiveness, but it seems like I haven't forgiven myself because when I think about the things that if I ever had my dirty laundry exposed, I would not be able to hold my head up in public. I would be ashamed, but I want you to know today, somebody that as long as you are in good hands, you could be marred. You could be flawed. You could be imperfect. You could be broke down, busted and disgusted. I want you to know Know that when you are in God's hands, uh, he can reshape you. Uh, he can remold you. He can make you a master's piece. Uh, he can do it all as long as we are in his hands. Uh, I don't care what it was like before you got on the potter's wheel, but if you are on the potter's wheel now, <laughs> you're going to find out in a minute what that means. Uh, but if you are on the potter's wheel now, I want you to know that's the time to rejoice uh, because it's the time time that God has his hands on your life. 
you are in good hands. And it don't matter what's going on in your life. It don't matter who offended you. It don't matter if you're feeling aches and pains in your body. It don't matter if you can't get up and go like you used to. It don't matter if you've been hurt. It don't matter if you hurt somebody. Because God said, I have a pair of hands. And if you just follow my way, I can show you how I can make use of you. There is a way that we can get right and get in the right pair of hands. We thank God that he hasn't just thrown us away, rendered us useless, rendered us unavailable, rendered us unable, rendered us incapable. Instead, he said, no, I can't give up on Mary. No, I can't give up on Reverend Harrison. No, I cannot give up on Dr. Moore. I can't give up on Mother Shirley. I can't give up on Reverend Mildred. I can't give up on Mother Sandra. I cannot give up on them. I've got to keep them in my hands because I know that the devil wants to sift them like wheat. But I'm going to keep them and shift them to where it's sweet. Oh, we bless your name on this morning. Father God, you are able and we thank you. Hallelujah. I just want you to know that if you allow yourself to be in God's hands, it's going to be all right. The significance of the visual message. It's just reminding you that it don't matter what the world says about you. It don't matter who believes in you or not. It don't matter how many times you fumbled the bag. That God's hands will always be able to reshape you as he pleases. Mm-hmm. He has that authority. If he can deal with nations, he certainly can deal with our little problems. He certainly can deal with our imperfections and we don't have to come to him perfect because he will perfect those things that concerns us. This reminds us this morning, my brothers and sisters, that God is sovereign. And if we submit to his plans, if we submit ourselves to get on that potter's wheel, <laughs> you'll look back and not recognize who you used to be anymore. Jeremiah was called forth in a difficult time. He was called to tell a, a, a group of people that they were wrong. <laughs> he was called to remind the people how far they have strayed. And he came with a warning to let them know, if you don't get right, you're about to get left. Some of us, have realized that ourselves. And we made a decision to say, I'm going to give myself to Christ. At some point in our life, we have said, I'm going to give myself to Christ for whatever the reason was. But when you made that decision, I want you to know that there was an enemy who wanted to bring you back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He wants you to come back to your old ways. 
He wants you to continue a life that you left. Uh -huh. He doesn't want you to become the master's piece. So if you ever wondered why every time you think about doing good, uh, evil is always present, that's the reason why he doesn't want you in God's hands. Because when we are on the potter's wheel, when we are in God's hands, we won't be wasted. We won't be fumbled. We will be cared for. We will be provided for. We will become the miracle other people need to see. Yeah, things just work out. Even when it don't work out, we handle it differently than those who are not in our father's hands. And as we are continuing to grow and be shaped and molded, he sends people by like Jeremiah to witness the work. I want you to know that maybe sometimes what you're going through is because someone else needs to see the God working on you. Maybe what you are going through is the only Bible somebody may be able to read. Maybe what you are going through is what somebody needed to get their breakthrough. I don't know if you realize that everything we go through ain't always about us. Everything we go through ain't always about why why me? Why me? God is saying, if you're in my hands, why not you? Why not you? Yeah, when people come and stress you out, talk to you sideways. First thing you hear, cuss them out like you used to. Fuss them out. Get up there on social media and, and be petty. Rally up the troops and talk about them and get everybody not to like them because they had a bad day and they took it out on you. See, when we don't realize how good we have it in God's hands, see, the worst of the worst won't overtake us. But the enemy will come and make it seem like because it's the worst of the worst, God don't love us. I want someone to know today that whenever you're feeling your worst, whether it's physically, emotionally, when people turn it back on you, when you going through whatever it is you going through, it is in that moment that we find ourselves clinging to God the most. And I don't know if any of you have ever had someone just come and, and look like they need a hug and you hug them. And I'm not talking about the church hug, you know, where you got to just pat on the back and no, I'm talking about a hug of embrace and you feel them just rest their weight on you and they just start to cry or they just don't know what to say. It's in that moment that they feel like they can just go on a little further. And so sometimes we may not have the real person there to hug us, but I want you to know that there's a pair of hands. One pair of hands, Dr. Moore sings that song so beautifully. One pair of hands that will embrace you. That one pair of hands that if you just lean into it, you're going to feel like I could go on just a little further. I may have to cry a little bit. I may have to break down a little bit. But when I find myself on the potter's wheel with God's hands on me, I know that I can make it a little more further. God wants you to know today, my friends, that you are in good hands. And this is not how your story ends. There's a struggle right now. It's a struggle in society. 
culture versus religion, culture versus Christianity, to be more specific. Our children are battling demons they ain't even aware of. They're pushing a narrative in the schools. People are afraid to go to the grocery stores not knowing when something crazy is going to happen. There's a struggle right now. And if we who are our father's children don't take the opportunity to be in God's hands, I don't know if we're going to be able to make it. I can't make it without him. I can't even fathom the idea of trying to live in a world that we live in today without Jesus. I can't even imagine trying to get up and make it through this day. I can't even imagine keep going forward knowing that this world is already wanting me to fail. But if as long as I'm in the hands of the Lord, I can go on a little further. Yeah, I get up with a new strength. Uh, I get a second win when I need it. <laughs> I get to be able to see God working in my lives and in the lives of people I know. I want to get up and go a little further. I don't know if somebody had to struggle to get up. I'm not a morning person. It was a struggle for me. I didn't go to bed till, till about four o'clock this morning. But I got up this morning knowing that God still watched over me. That he said, no matter what, if you do what I ask you to do. I got you. <laughs> and as long as God before us, who in the world can be against us? There is a struggle. And the reason why God allows us to be in his hands is because we're not spectators. We ain't just supposed to sit back and watch it happen. Jeremiah wasn't just a prophet. For the title. Can I tell somebody that? If you venture down two chapters more in verse in chapter 20, he gonna have a conversation with God. Like, Lord, you got me with these hard-headed individuals trying to talk about what you're telling me to say, and here they are trying to kill me, they don't like me, they da-da-da-da-da. He had to talk to God. But even in that prayer, he started out complaining a little bit. But in the end of the prayer, he was thanking God. And I believe the Lord had to show him this visual message because he knew what Jeremiah stood to face. He knew what he built, what he molded when Jeremiah was on the potter's wheel. And the same way God knew about what Jeremiah need, he knows about what we need today. So I got to thinking about this clay. You know, when we was in school, when I was in school, uh, we used to have Play-Doh and we used to have, they taught us how to make clay. Get you some flour, some salt and some water and some, maybe some other stuff I don't remember, some food dye. And you learn how to make your own clay when I was in kindergarten. Uh, but And you used to play with it. But the Play-Doh never really formed. You know, you could make different shapes and then you peel it apart, break it down. And it's just easy, very, very pliable, easy to use. But the clay that's on this potter's wheel came into existence from a process. The rain that fell from the sky would cascade down a mountain. And as it did that, 
it will wash, it will brush against the rocks and minerals and whatever else was on the side of the mountain. And as it erodes and, and cascaded downward, it would collect particles of the rocks and minerals and then it would all pool at the mountain bottom at the, in the valley it would pool there and there you would have what what people may think is a muddy mess you would have a bunch of gunk and 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 stuff that you would just probably not want to deal with but it is in that area after the rain that the people realize there's something about this mud that I think we can use to make our lives easier. Somehow, some way. I didn't research who was the first one to do it and none of it don't matter. What matters is that the clay was formed from the mountain and the rain and the things that God created. And then when it gets there, it has to go through a different, another process. Now it has to be collected and then it's put in a place where the sun can dry it out. And you say, well, why would they want to dry it out? Because that would make it difficult to maneuver. And well, they had to because when they dried it out and, and, and the sun got it to where it needed to be, the people were able to pick out the impurities, the sticks, the gravel, whatever else wasn't supposed to be in there when they want to use it as the clay. They won't be able to do it as long as it's still mud. So the sun had to touch it to make it pure. Y'all catch that later. <laughs> yeah, to God be all the glory. And so now it is dried. They're able to pick through it, remove the leaves, the sticks, the limbs, and everything else that ain't in it. And they have what's called this, it's almost like a beautiful powder, like a beautiful dust, if you will. And so now they have to figure out how to make it pliable again. And so what they do is they take water and they add it back to it now that all the impurities is gone out of it. And now it becomes the clay that can go on the potter's wheel. I want somebody to know today that even though God made us from the dust of the earth and we thank Adam and Eve for their disobedience that we had the, what they call the great fall. <laughs> and sometimes I look around and seem like we still falling. Oh God, we bless your name. But God thought enough about us to show us a way of how we can get back up. <laughs> yeah, sometimes when the baby falls, you got to go over there and reach over there and help them stand back up with your hands. God said, as long as you want to be in my hands, I'm going to help you get back up. That should be somebody's moment to shout. You have to understand no matter how many times you fall, God showed you how to get back up. And even though this clay started out to be a mess, had all this extra stuff in it. Don't you know when we go through life, we accumulate things along the way. Don't you know as we go through life, stuff happens. We deal with spousal issues. We deal with people issues. We deal with our own issues. We deal with whatever it is we're facing. And those things kind of pile up in us and we carry it on and keep on going. Some things we suppress, some things we make more of a mess. But I want you to know that there is a way that God's going to use that mess to give you the message. He's going to use your test to make it a testimony. You may be that my, that pile of mud sitting down at the bottom in the valley low. You may be going through things or have been through things where you felt like you was useless. I want somebody to know today that just like the mud was touched by the S-O-N, somebody needs to know that once you get touched by the S-O-N, you will be blessed. 
Yes, he will take away your impurities. Once you're touched by the S-O-N, the son of God, the son of man, the only God that has a son that came on this earth to die and was raised from the dead, the one who got on the cross and bore our sins, the one who ascended into heaven and sent us the gift of the Holy Spirit, the one who took all of our dirt, our muck, our mire, our mess, the one who got on the cross anyway, even though he knew his flesh, say, God, pass this cup from me. The one who loved us enough before we were born to say, I'm going to do this for them because they deserve a chance, Father. The one who got on the cross and said, if you just would follow me, I promise you that you will see the salvation of my Father in heaven, oh God. He don't want you to be in stress. He don't want you to have problems. He don't want you crying for nothing. He wants you to know he loves you and he showed it when he got on the cross and took everything that you deserved just so you could have some of what you really don't deserve. If you get touched by the S-O-N, those hands will pick through you, take away the addiction, take away the fornication, take away the lying tongue, the gossiping tongue, the gluttony, the pride, the Jezebel spirit of control. All of those things that he know that this world will pile into us. He has some hands that after we are touched by the son of God, he can pick it all out. And then it's so ironic that we become for a moment back as the dust, right? But we ain't, we're still here. And so I remember Jesus told the woman at the well that if you just would take some of this living water, my God, if you take some of this living water, <laughs> you'll never thirst again. And so after we've been touched by the S-O-N and we've been picked through and Holy Spirit come by and do what he do, now we need to be remolded, reshaped, reconfigured, revived, restored. We'll get some of that living water. We'll pour over that beautiful powder. And that's when the hands of God get to working. And you may look back and see that people may have used you in your life. And God even gave us instruction on what to do for those who use us, spitefully use us. But when you allow to yourself to be touched by the sun, when you allow the living water to mix in, you will be touched by a pair of hands that wants to use you for his glory. You'll be able to see how maybe you didn't know what was in your future. You didn't know how God was going to raise you up. You didn't know that God had plans for you in ministry. And can I say ministry ain't always just behind the pulpit. But you didn't know that you had a calling on your life, Tucker. You didn't know that there was something God had with your name on it, Mary. You didn't know that there was a church in Greenville waiting for your leadership, Pastor. You didn't know. 
but because you allowed yourself to be touched by the son of God and you allowed his hands to pick through some mess and then you allowed the living water to flow through you. You became pliable. You became usable. You became an object that he has his hands on working you, forming you to his satisfaction. You are now on the potter's wheel. And as long as you're on the potter's wheel, you are in good hands. As long as you're on the potter's wheel, you are in good hands. I know it's difficult sometimes. I'm going to just be transparent. I think pastor said somebody, life be lifing. Oh, life be lifing, y'all. Faith be tested, y'all. Yeah, I say I'm a preacher. God says I'm a preacher. But when I tell you I'm still wrapped in flesh, life be lifing, y'all. I ain't going to sit up here and act like because God called me to preach that everything is perfect. I'll be a liar. And that I am not. And sometimes I get into this place and life be life and, and I hear this secular song I used to love by Deborah Cox. How did you get here? Anybody else felt that way? How did you get here? But I just want you to know today that there is hope. I want you to know today that you may be feeling like a muddy mess. I want you to know today that no matter what it was, those pair of hands that's waiting to mold you can get all of it out the way. That's the pivotal point of the message. Doesn't matter what you was when you was at the bottom of the mountain with all that stuff in you. Once you allow yourself, submit yourself to being used by those hands, there's no telling what he will create you to do. There's no telling what he will allow you. There's no telling how you're going to end up. I can promise you, just like the first set of clay that the potter had didn't look right, and he had to come back and reform it, there's some people that's going to look at you and be like, mm, I remember when she or he used to do such and such. I remember when so-and-so used to da-da-da-da-da. But look at you now. God said, look at you now. Look at you in my hands. Look how they see how I've changed you. Look how they see how I've loved on you. Look how they see how I have healed you. Look how they see how I am working with you. Look how they see how I am using you. You didn't even know it, but I saw it in you because I put it in you. And now I'm going to bring it out of you so you can help someone else along the way. So when you wonder when life get hard, when life be life and, and it seems like it's too much, Know that you are in good hands and it's for a reason beyond your comprehension. God, the son of God, can remove any impurities. He'll make you refined and through the living water, he'll make you usable, pliable. You'll find yourself becoming the potter's clay. And then you'll find yourself on the potter's wheel. And I just want to say this and I'm through. On the potter's wheel, a masterpiece takes form. On the potter's wheel, your miracles 
are born. On the potter's wheel, you learn how to pray. Just keep your eyes on Jesus and trust that help is on the way. If you don't believe me, you can ask Jeremiah. Just don't believe the devil because he ain't nothing but a liar. God has it all worked out in his divine plan. So just keep on living for God knowing you are in good hands. Amen. Thank you.